Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, DJs! I need to tell you about MyBookie.ag. They are the industry's best online sportsbook and casino, and boy, do they have a deal for you. Sign up now! Using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN and the fine folks at MyBookie will match you dollar for dollar up to 1,000 smackaroos. That is extra money you can bet on. NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing, and of course, Major League Baseball, because baseball is back in full swing. We want you all to hit a grand slam by betting, winning, and getting paid with MyBookie. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here. It's Thursday after the Daily Show, which can only mean one thing. We're talking UFC with James and Mason. What's going on, James? I'm doing very well. I mean, I can't really complain. We've got a stat card this weekend, and the Festival of Football starts tomorrow. And to put the icing on top of the a very delicious cake, Mason's decided to grace us with his presence. Ah, Mason showed up. What's going on, Mason? What's going on, man? How's, how's it doing? Not too bad. So you've been busy training, right? That's why you couldn't make it. Indeed, I'm going to be stepping in there myself. So ho- hopefully, I've got a bit more sense when I'm talking about this stuff. So you're not you're not boxing, right? You're doing MMA. MMA. Yeah. What's your style? I'll I'll let you see that when it comes. To oh, final. look at that! He's, he's he's worried people might be listening, James. Yeah, really well. I mean, whoever he's fighting, they've probably got nothing much to worry about. <laughs> no, surely, come on. You're not a bit of a knockout artist, Mason? Or you good on the ground? Really? Come on, what's your play? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're going to submit I'll, I'll this for you? I'll tell you after the show. Oh, okay. You won't say it on the air. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's people watching, you see. Yeah, spies Indeed. everywhere, it, man. Yeah, it's the, the, the South Americans who are keen on your show of feeding information to his opponent. Oh, yeah. Are you fighting a South American? I am not. I'm fighting oh. a scouser. A scouser? Oh, dear. you've got to beat him then. Come on, please. <laughs> Ooh. For All the right. sake of the country, just beat the bloke. <laughs> oh, indeed. <laughs> All right. As James alluded to, there's a lot of fights in the UFC. It's a pretty stacked card, James. I'm not going to complain. I know you hate it when I there complain about the quality of the card. <laughs> No, exactly. You really cannot complain this weekend. If I see you moaning at all in the group chat this weekend, I'm not going to be happy because when you look at it now, I've got the card up now from top to bottom. It's absolutely stacked with incredible fights. And there's just so much at stake for a lot of these fights. Again, from a UFC neutral and a UFC fan, you cannot complain whatsoever for this weekend's action. No, no, you can't. All right, man, let's get to work. James, who do you got first up? Obviously, the final fight or the biggest fight of the night, the main event between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. The pair fought in this exact same arena nearly three years ago, and both men were sort well, I'm looking at Israel Adesanya in particular, who's coming into the UFC days, you know, he's sort of dipping his toe in the MMA water. And the fight with Marvin Vittori was one of his first fights, and he won by a split decision, but. Again, both men have come a long, 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 long way since their first meeting, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. Israel Adesanya has won five of his last six fights. He's obviously coming off of that loss to Jan Blachowicz uh, back in March. We really didn't look himself, and I think, to be honest with you, 
gaining that extra 20 pounds really I don't I think he thought it was going to be a lot easier than he anticipated and Jan Blahovic in typical style just sort of wore him off in the final few rounds so he's moving back down to his home down to 185 down to middleweight where we've seen him sort of prosper and shine over the last couple of years whereby he's been a superstar he's been an absolute global phenom of a talent and when in good form Madisonia is just simply an athletic freak who comes from a, a kickboxing and boxing background and is very crafty and creative as they come really he's long rangy with a fantastic reach and mixes in those leg kicks well has an unorthodox stance really and throws off his opponents so as when it comes to fighting Israel Desanya it's very difficult to predict what's happening next because he's just so unorthodox you just genuinely don't know what's next and he's a very dangerous fighter he's a great counter striker he's very precise in his movement but this is going to be interesting because as I alluded to earlier, Israel Adesanya is coming off of the first defeat of his professional career. He's got to sort of bounce back from this adversity where you look at Marvin Vittori. He's won, five of his, um, he's won his last five fights and is coming off of a win over Kevin Holland. So he's in great form right now. But as I alluded to there, he's coming off of a win over Kevin Holland. Now, there's a big gap going from Kevin Holland to fighting for the title against Israel Adesanya. And I, I just don't know. He did look good in that fight with Kevin Holland. He landed a, a lot of strikes in that one. I think he had landed over 150 strikes. And he, he's very highly skilled on the feet where he throws a lot of violent combinations. But he's also quite athletic for his size and mixes in those knees well. But he tends to do his best work, Marvin Vittori, on the canvas. You know, he's highly effective in the clinch and has good scrambling skills that allows him to survive on the canvas. And a lot of his submission wins have come via a form of a guillotine choke. And it'll be interesting to see how he responds because obviously the first fight didn't go his way and that he's come a long way since. So it's going to be such a competitive fight. And Israel Adesanya has really, really got to make some sharp adjustments because he can't go in thinking he's going to be fighting the first Marvin Vittori, the Marvin Vittori from three years ago. He's going to have to make a lot of changes and he's going to have to sort of bring that, that fantastic fight IQ to the fight and to the, to the barn dance, as they say. And if he doesn't, Marvin Vittori might shock a few people, but I, I, I'm a big Adesanya fan. I just can't see him losing anytime soon at uh, 185. Now, my, I was going to go, before the show, I was going to go as well Adesanya via decision. I'm probably going to go Israel Adesanya by fourth round TKO late on. Ooh, fourth round TKO. All right, Mason, do you mm-hmm. agree? Um, I agree with the winner, but to be honest, I think I think this is going to go the distance, but I don't think it's going to be one of those fights where it's just a long 25 minutes. I think it's going to be quite action-packed, and Marvin's going to try and take him down within the fight, and obviously Israel's going to try and avoid that. The last fight was close. Obviously, one judge gave it to Marvin, and... As, as Israel's been alluding to throughout the week, he's holding on to that loss. Like that loss is one of his Marvin's biggest wins, is what Israel's been saying. And to be honest, I I kind of agree, but obviously I don't. Like James said, Marvin's coming off the win against Kevin Holland, and no disrespect to Kevin, but there is a huge gap between Kevin Holland and Israel Adesanya. And I don't think the only reason Marvin's got this shot is because Robert Whitaker couldn't make make this time frame. And to be fair, Marvin stepped up, so fair play to the guy for doing so. But I just don't see him being the guy to take him out to take Israel Adesanya out of the out of the champion spot at middleweight. If anyone was to do it, it'd probably be Robert Whitaker. And even I don't see Rob doing it, but. I'm gonna say Israel Adesanya via a decision on this fight. Decision. Okay, gotcha. 
I don't really have a play on this one. I'm, I'm definitely leaning Israel. I don't like the way the line's moving on him either. He opened up as a minus 267 favorite, and now he's a minus 245. So it's it's getting it's getting his odds are getting you know better, and it's just I don't, I don't know what to make of that. So I'm leaning Israel pretty hard, but I, I don't want a piece of that at this one at all. Uh, has Israel tarnished his his legacy at all by jumping up in the weight class and getting beat? No, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. I mean, oh. it takes some cojones to go from 185 to 205 because, again, the, the weight difference showed in those two guys. And like he said, throughout the fight leading up to Jan Blachowicz, he was saying that dared to be great. And he dared to be great. And obviously, it didn't go his way. And he did say he was going to go back up there again sometime soon. But I think, you know, get two or three more fights and three or two, well, two or three more fights uh, when it comes to title defenses under your belt and then talk about moving up. And because who knows, by that time, John Jones might have moved back down and defeated Jan Blachowicz or whoever the champion is. And then we'll probably get to see that dream matchup between Adesanya and John Jones. But for now, I'd park the bus on going back up to 205. I'd stick to 185. Uh, oh, that a man's reach should exceed his grasp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, Mason, what have you got up for us? Well, next up, I've got the co-main event, which is the flyweight championship bout between Davidson Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. And as we've seen in their last fight, well, it, before I say it, it is a rematch as well. In their last fight, it was one of the fights of the year. If Weili Zhang and Yuan Young Jacek didn't happen that year, that would have easily been fight of the year. And this one, I've got two ways about it. See, it's either going to be a decision or it's going to be a Figueredo TKO, I think. Just just because I don't think Brendan Moreno is able to beat Figueredo. If that low, low blow didn't happen in the last fight and Figueredo didn't get the points took off him, he would have won the fight. And one judge either scored it to Figueredo with the points deduction. So I, I tr- Figueredo won the fight, in my opinion, and... I, I, I love Brandon Moreno, but it is. It I don't think it is his time to be champion, and I don't see it being his time for a good few years. Whether Devinson moves up after this or stays at one twenty-five, I don't know. But I think Figueredo he's got a bit of anger with this fight as well. I've seen after the fight, I, I, I'm not sure 100 percent what was said, but I've seen throughout the embedded series on UFC's YouTube channel that that they're quite angry towards. Moreno at the moment and I think that will work in Figueredo's favour and if I was to give a prediction on this I'm going to say a third round TKO for Devinson Figueredo. Alright. James you on board? Um, I'm on board with the, the winner but I'm in disagreement with how it's going to get done. I mean I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one as Mason alluded to earlier it was probably one of the fights of the year in 2020 and obviously Figueredo got uh, deducted a point for that groin strike uh, midway through the second or third round, I believe. But it was an entertaining fight, to say the least. When you look at Figueredo, he's a very balanced fighter, has a great takedown ability, can fight from his back, and is very slippery on the canvas with his scrambling skills. He's got a solid wrestling background and as well, and he's also skilled on the feet. With that clean knockout power and that solid head movement, that makes it tough for an opponent to land cleanly. With Moreno, I mean, he's a likable character, but being a likable character does not win you the UFC belt. He's energetic. He's a tough Mexican fighter who will not get outworked in the octagon. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he's got the ability to get it done, but it's going to be a tough one to say the least because Moreno can reverse position quickly and does a good job of fighting the hands in his takedown defense. But he's also improved his striking over the last couple of years or so. And he's shown that he can sort of trade on the feet if needed. But 
come fight night against Davidson Figueiredo, if we see the best healthy fit Figueiredo, you can't, you've, you've got back the Brazilian in this one. I'm thinking I'm still for this one, but I think not this one will go the full distance again. So I'm probably going to go for Figueiredo by decision. All right. So Moreno's plus 182 and Devinson's minus 216. It's all, it's the value. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that Marino's going to win the fight, but a plus 182, he's not a nobody. They're acting like he's, he's just going to get his ass kicked at plus 182. I'm betting Marino to win the fight. Put a money <laughs> line bet right there. Oh. Put your you money guys, where your mouth is, mate. <laughs> I, I do. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm betting it. You'll see how that works out for you coming this weekend. Although, yeah. to be fair, it could go against us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, decision, and then you'll be laughing. Yeah. <laughs> if it gun to my head, since you guys like it when I pick a side, I'll pick a decision win. Here. But plenty of value at the plus 182 to take Marino. Hmm. All right. James, what have you got next up for us? Next up, we've got a cracking fight between Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz in the welterweight division. It's a five round. It's the first time like a non-title fight bout between two guys is a, a full 25 minute round. So I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. You look at Leon Edwards, he's entered the UFC as a known powerful striker, but it's, it's his heavy sort of wrestling approach that's helped him take things to the next level. He's is a highly effective fighter in the clinch and has good use of his knees and elbows as well. He's a crafty southpaw who can be tricky for any of his opponents when standing. He's never been finished in his career. And obviously he's coming off of that disappointing no contest against Bilal Muhammad uh, a couple of months ago. And he's been unlucky over the last two years because obviously he's had fight cancellations. He was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley back in 02 last year, but obviously that got cancelled due to COVID and... This was the first time against Bilal Muhammad. We can see him again for nearly two years now. His last one was against Javier de Sanos. And to end like that, I think he would have been a lot, it would have been very devastated. I think he was controlling the first you know, two rounds up until the, the stoppage and the no contest. So we'll see how he fares against Nate Diaz, who is a, an iconic name and who's in the household name in this, of the sport. And you look at Nate Diaz, I mean, it's no secret what you get with Nate Diaz. He's got such an elite level cardio and he's arguably one of the tougher fighters, toughest fighters in the sport. Even at 36 years old, Diaz can take a clean shot and keep coming forward. He does not back down from anybody and he still thinks he's one of the best in the sport. Now, it's a no-brainer with Nate Diaz. You tend to see it with every fight. He will always get stronger as the fight goes on. And that's when we see you know, his work ethic and his work rate usually increase. And then those bombs will start flying. He's a, a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. And he's very crafty on the mat. So it's no secret why Leon Edwards is favoured here. Because you know a win over Nate Diaz will probably get you a title shot next. But he's got to do it in convincing fashion you know you can't just have like a boring decision if he puts on a solid display against Nate Diaz he will get a title shot but Nate Diaz again he will not back down from anybody he's a tough tough durable fighter and will go the distance so I'm probably going to back Leon Edwards for a decision in this one I can't see uh, anyone stopping the fight in this one so Leon Edwards for a decision I'm taking all right Mason what about you I can't begin to say how excited I am for this fight just because it's Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards. Leon, just because obviously we didn't see what he's learned over the past two years in the last fight with Bilal Mohammed, and it was unfortunate to see. And I see, I've seen some criticism from Bilal to Leon that Leon didn't accept an immediate rematch, but I agree with Leon's point. The other reason Bilal was there was because Leon just wanted to fight. No disrespect to Bilal, but that, that's why he got the fight, so... 
if they're ever going to rematch in the future, it'll be when if Bilal can get up to the top five rankings and stuff and around that stuff. But to be honest, this fight, I see it being semi one-sided in Leon Edwards' favour. Like James said, Nate Diaz, we've seen over the years, he tends to get stronger throughout the fight, which is kind of different to everyone else. Obviously, you start off your strongest and you fade away, but Nate Diaz does the opposite kind of, and I think... I think that could be a bit tricky for Leon. I think Leon will control the first two, three rounds quite dominantly. I'll still, I still think he'll control the fourth and fifth, but I think it'll be a lot more difficult. But in all agreement, I agree with James with a Leon Edwards decision. This is the most one-sided fight on the card. Leon Edwards is minus 617. Nate Diaz is plus 440. It looks like it's going to be a one-sided fight, according to Vegas, too. Maybe that's short-selling Nate Diaz. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think so, because I think Leon Edwards wins the fight. I just don't see Nate Diaz being that big of a threat to him. So I'm betting Leon Edwards, even at the minus 617, I think there's value. Um, maybe you want to follow those guys on the decision, but I think it's going to be a TKO. What round, Arch? Fuck. <laughs> Third. <laughs> no, just, I picked a random number. Never know. You could make some money. Yeah, you never know. All right, Mason, <laughs> what do you have? What do you have next up for us? Well, next up, I've got Damian Meyer and Bilal Muhammad. Obviously, as I was mentioning earlier, Bilal again, like Leon. Obviously, they both had the fight a couple of months ago. It didn't end in the way that we all wanted, but it's going to be good to see Bilal back, just to see him fighting someone that he should be fighting because he shouldn't have been fighting Leon at that time. And Damian Meyer is going to be a very tough opponent. And I've seen many people refer to Damian Meyer as the gatekeeper in the world's weight division. And that's quite a lot of disrespect to Damian Meyer, seeing what he's done throughout his career. He's 28 and 10, a very credentialed Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. And this is not going to be a walkover for Bilal. I don't, I don't believe it'll be a walkover at all. And to be honest, I don't know if he'll get past Damian Meyer. I think the jiu-jitsu could be the decided factor in the fight. And I'm going to keep this one quick, but... I'm going to guess Damian Meyer via a decision. James, what about you? Um, it's a tough one. You know, as much as I love Damian Meyer, I've spoken to him a couple of times. He's a very sound bloke. He's down to earth. He's very humble. But at 43 years of age, this is his last fight in the UFC contract. And from the sounds of it, Dana White will not offer him a new one win or lose come fight night this weekend. So it's going to be a tough one. I think Damian Meyer is probably one of the best grapplers in the in the whole entire roster on his day back in his prime he was simply unstoppable on the canvas but he's coming off of that defeat to Gilbert Bynes uh, like just over a year ago and before that he submitted uh, Ben Askren which was the battle of the grapplers so he's picked up some impressive wins over his long experience glittering career obviously he's always been just felt short of that UFC gold he fought Anderson Silva at middleweight fought Tyron Woodley for the welterweight strap as well but um, to, for, for people to say he's a gatekeeper in the welterweight division, it, it is a bit harsh. He's a very, very skilled athlete on his day. But at 43 years of age, when you compare it to Bilal Muhammad, before the draw or the no contest with um, Leon Edwards, he was on a roll. He got those decision wins over Diego Lima, uh, Leon Good, and he submitted Takashi Sato. So on his day, Bilal Muhammad, he's a very tricky fighter. And I think the, the game plan for Bilal on this fight is to sort of keep the fight standing because... 
he's got a very great takedown defence. And I know on the feet against Leon Edwards, he was sort of getting picked apart at times. But against Damian Meyer, who's sort of very a one-sided uh, a fighter, obviously he does the best work on his ground. I think you'll probably back Bilal Mohamed's uh, striking in this one. So I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. I think we'll probably see a Bilal Mohamed of uh, our decision as much as it pains me to say. Yeah, uh, Bilal's minus 231, Damien's plus 193, so that's, I mean, definitely favoring Bilal. I don't have a pick in this fight. I'm going to lean Bilal here. Uh, just, I think he's probably going to win. I just couldn't get the value I needed to risk 231. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. James, what do you have up next? <laughs> Uh, the next fight I've got is between Hakim Duoda and Mozvar Ebloev. Again, I'm, when you look at the prelims, this is probably one of the fights to watch. Um, with Ebloev, he's undefeated. Um, again, on his day, he's very, very dangerous. And you look at Hakim Duoda as well, even though he's at the top of my head, I think he's 12-1, and one, he's also impressed on various scenes. Look at Mozvar Ebloev, he's impressed from the M1 promotions to sort of Established himself as one of Europe's best bantamweights. Now they're fighting at featherweight. Um, again, on his day, Mosvaev Lovev is a very tough opponent. And I think when you look at it stylistically, this is a tough fight for Hakeem Doodoo. And you you look at him all the time. I'm watching. I've watched a lot of Hakeem's fights over the last couple of years or so. He tends to start off very slowly. But one thing that is encouraging is. Hakim will arguably be the best striker Mosva Evloev has ever fought, really. So if he can sort of control the proceedings on the feet early on, then maybe he'll shock Evloev. But as I alluded to them, um, Hakim is a very slow starter. No doubt Mosva Evloev will sort of control the first two rounds, maybe, or definitely control the first round. And maybe we'll sort of start to see Hakim take control of proceedings midway through the second into the third. But what we saw with Hakeem Dewodu, he's improved over the likes of Tehugov and all that. And he sort of showed how good his sort of wrestling and his grappling defense can be because he tends to sort of lack that ability to keep the fight standing. Obviously, when the fight does go to the floor, he tends to struggle a bit. But I was impressed with his takedown defense against Tehugov. So if he can sort of stop Tehugov and can stop Evloev throughout the three rounds, then maybe we'll see a decision victory. But I've probably got back Mosva Evloev on this one, as I alluded to there. The real concern is that the road takes time to build up ahead of steam. And based on the past performances, Mosva Evloev will certainly be the favourite to win the first round, maybe the second. And 
it's a tough one. I think with Dorodu, he needs to control the striking proceedings, you know, throw in those nice combinations, those low low kicks, those body shots, which tend to sort of pick the, pie, uh, pick the pace and maybe eventually he will outpoint Mos Vervloi, but I'm, I'm afraid I can't see it happening. I'm probably going to lean towards Vervloi by decision here. Mason? Yeah, I'm in full agreement with James there. I don't see Hakeem Dorodu being able to stop Mofsad just because I think he's wrestling is just going to be too powerful for him and I don't think he's going to be able to stop the takedowns. And don't, I don't think there'll be a submission or any TKO's type finishes. I just think it's going to be a dominant win on Mofsad at lowest half and I'm just going to guess a decision. All right. Uh, this is another fight where I, I, I'm i going to back somebody. I don't necessarily know if I'm, they're going to win the fight, but I, I've got Hakeem plus 191. A lot of value there. So I'm going to bet Hakeem uh, to win in a decision. And again, when the fight does go to the judges' scorecards, I mean, anything can happen. Anything Let's can just happen. hope our man Ben isn't uh, on the front row seats <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> All right. Mason, what else have you got? Um, I've got a few more. Okay. Next one from me is Paul Craig and Jamal Hill. And this one I'm quite excited for because obviously Jamal Hill is an 8 0 undefeated guy, very, very tough lad. And Paul Craig, a, a very tough guy from Scotland and we've seen in his last fight he made Mauricio Rua Shogun who are tapped from strikes and in his bout before that well to be fair I think he's on a three fight winning streak with one draw in there as well against Shogun Hua and this fight is going to be very tough for both guys to be honest I think I think Paul Craig's um, jiu-jitsu and submissions is going to be Another deciding factor, kind of like the Bilal Muhammad fight with Damian Meyer, I think. But this one, I do think there's going to be a finish, and I think Paul Craig's going to get it done. I think Jamal Hill is going to give a tough fight at first, but then I think Paul Craig's going to get him down, and he's going to be able to slip in a submission. So I'm going to say a third round submission. I'm sorry, for which fighter? Uh, Paul Craig. Paul Craig submission. James, you on board? Uh, no, I've probably got Jamal Hill on this one. I think with Paul Craig, he's on a very good run of form right now. I, you can't deny that. Uh, he's coming off of wins over Marrera, uh, Maurizio Rua and Antti Gulov, but he does his best work on the mat. And I think if Jamal Hill can sort of keep the fight standing, then he definitely has that huge knockout power to knock out uh, Paul Craig. He's been knocked out many times before Paul Craig, and I think Hill on the feet definitely has the, a substantial edge. So I think with Paul Craig, his path to victory on this one is probably via sneaky submission, but if Hill keeps his standing, it's over for Craig, in my opinion. So I'm probably going to go for a first round TKO in Hill's favor. But you don't want to bet this one, do you? Or are you in it? Uh, I will bet that one. Oh, okay, TKO first round. I'm going to lean Craig with the value, but I don't really have a bet in this one at all. Hill's minus 315, Craig's plus 254. So Mason's going to get paid <laughs> if that comes through. All right, Mason, you got a couple more fights, I think. Yeah, I've got two more. My next one is Lauren Murphy and Johan Calderwood. And again, another Scot- Scottish person fighting Johan Calderwood. And she, she's she been quite unlucky, obviously. She was set to fight Valentina Shevchenko for the title, I believe, mid last year. Obviously, that ended up falling apart due to COVID, I believe. And then she fought Jennifer Meyer. And we, we know how that went. She ended up getting caught in an armbar and losing that fight. But then she came back in January of this year on the Conor McGregor Poirier card against Jessica Ryan got the decision win. So, to be fair, a win against Laura Murphy it could be projecting her to a to the title shot that she missed out on. And 
think I think she could get this one. I think it, I think either way it's gonna go the distance. I don't think either girl's gonna stop each other, but I'm gonna keep this one short. I'm just gonna say you on Cardwood via a decision. Decision. James, you on board? Yeah, I'm on board. I think that these two um, flyweights are probably fighting for a, a potential title shot next, so they're both going to want to sort of bring it as well. I think if both women come out firing in all cylinders, Calderwood wins this one without too much trouble. I think uh, Chris' first hole offence is probably far more better than, um, probably far more effective than Murphy's great boxing. And she's uh, when you're looking at Joanne Calderwood, her wrestling is very polished to the point where Murphy will struggle to get a proper rhythm going. But you look at the fight with uh, Jennifer Meyer and uh, Calderwood, she had the chance to fight for the title then and it didn't go away. You look at Lauren Murphy, I mean, if there's an opportunity to strike and take advantage of Calderwood's weakness, you best believe Lauren Murphy's going to take advantage of it. So any sort of slip up on Calderwood's behalf, Lauren Murphy may get the job done. But I think I'm leaning towards Calderwood in this one via decision. But you don't want to bet that's one. You just want to. Uh, no, I'm probably just sort of, yeah, leaning yeah. this to yeah. what's John. I'm going to lean Lauren Murphy in this one. She's catching, <clears throat> she's catching a nice plus line, plus 126. Joanne's minus 146. I think there's a little danger that Lauren can upset Joanne, but I, not enough for me to bet it. I'm leaning Lauren in the decision. Mm-hmm. All right. You got one last one, Mason. Drum roll. Yeah. What do you got? My last one is Eric Anders and Darren Stewart. And I've spoke to both guys before. They both seem really good guys. This one's tough. I'd love to see Darren win just because he's an English guy as well. But I don't see him beating Eric Anders. And unlike their first fight, which, well, again, this is another rematch on the card. It it was a no contest, I believe, due to stri- stri- strikes from a knee to the grounded opponent, I believe. And um, I'd... <laughs> I'd love to see Darren win, but I just don't see him being able to strike with Eric Anders. Just the pure power that Eric possesses in the hands, I think that's going to be what's going to win him the fight, essentially. And I think he is going to finish Darren. And I, I don't want to see it, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm thinking first round TKO for Eric Anders. Okay. James, what about you? Yeah, I'm in agreement. I'm probably going to bet towards Eric Anders for a first round TKO. I think. Unfortunately, Dan, if he can, you know, if he can avoid and sort of weather the early storm from Eric Anders, then maybe he'll get the decision. But as Mason alluded to there, Eric Anders does have the power in his hand. We've seen him knock guys before in the 205 pound division. So I'm probably going to bet Eric Anders via first on TKO on this one. Yeah, Anders is the favorite. He's minus 136 to Darren Stewart's plus 118. I think there's tons of value here. Eric Anders, yeah, I, I'm going to money line bet him in reality at the minus 136. I've got no problem with that. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to take care of business. I, I guess I'll lean a decision win by Anders. I, I don't really have a, I don't really have a strong opinion on this one, but I, I think Eric Anders on the money line, that's the play. So the Sports Sesh podcast curse. It's tough when they're both <laughs> fighting each other. Indeed. <laughs> All right. I got a couple more fights. Uh, we're going just a little bit lower on the card. Jake Collier is fighting Carlos Felipe. Jake Collier is plus 154, but I, when I ran the numbers on him, he showed a ton of value. I think Jake Collier is dangerous. So I'm going to money line bet Jake Collier plus 154. Uh, gun to my head. I will probably say decision. Really? That's, that's an interesting uh, pop there. Um, 
obviously with Jake Collier, he's got the the height and the reach advantage going into this one. But the momentum is sort of shifting towards Carlos Felipe on this one. He's ten and one. He's coming off of that win over Justin Taffer over a couple of months ago. But it'd be interesting to see where Jake Collier is at because he himself is coming off a decision win over Gian Valenti. But before that, he got brutally knocked out by Tom Aspinall. So this is going to be an interesting fight, to say the least. I'm probably going to lean towards Carlos Felipe on this one. I think with Jake Collier, he's definitely the better kicker of the two. And he's very less predictable when it comes to his offence. But he just doesn't seem equipped to sort of slow a guy down and eventually walk towards that finish. So I'm probably going to lean towards, or I say lean towards, I'm probably going to bet Carlos Felipe in this one via late third round TK. You're going to bet him? Yeah, I'll probably bet Carlos Felipe in this like one. Third round, you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in an agreement with James with the winner, but I think it is going to go the distance. I don't think this is going to be one of those heavyweight fights where it is jam-packed. I think it's going to be quite... I think both guys are going to get hit with shots, but then I think it's going to be more of survive and not finish so i'm gonna bet kyle's philippe decision all right you're going against me we'll see how that goes for you (laughs) a couple more fights chase hooper versus steven peterson i'll make it short and sweet chase hooper is minus 101 tons of value on a guy i think is going to win money line chase hooper yeah for for me chase chase hooper as well i'm gonna say chase hooper decision to be honest all right yeah, this is a tough one because Chase Hooper obviously about just under a year ago lost his first professional fight to Alex Caceres. They got back on the win column over five months ago against Peter Barrett. So I'm going short and sweet with this one. I'm probably going to lean towards Chase Hooper via submission on this one. You want to bet this one or are you leaning that way? Uh, I say lean, but I'm going to throw in a cheeky bet first round All submission right, on this one. Fariz ZM versus Luigi. We'll just say Luigi. <laughs> uh, sure you don't want to pronounce the last name? Vendoranamini. <laughs> uh, ZM ZM is minus 131 tons of value I, he looks to be very one-sided in my mind so I'm going to throw a money line bet on ZM yeah I'm in total agreement with you on this one I think they're two sort of hot prospects in the division uh, in the lightweight division both men uh, you look at ZM 11-3 whereas you look at Luigi 9-1 it's very, very close from what I'm seeing when it comes to the betting odds, but I'm probably going to bet ZM via decision on this one, but it will be very, very close to predict. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement there. I think, I, I'm, you know, I'll bet it, but I'm going to say ZM via decision as well. I do think it is going to be really close. All right, there you go. Last fight for me, Alexis Davis versus Penny. Penny? 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 I don't know. Uh, uh, Kinnazad. Kinnazad. Ah, it doesn't matter. I don't need to know her name because she's going to lose the fight. Uh, Alexis is a very nice underdog, plus 166. Tons of value, I think, on her, especially when the fight goes to the judges' scorecards. Who knows what can happen? So give me Alexis Davis, plus 166 in a bet. Oh, I'll picture the name. It's Panny Kinnazad. Sorry. Um, you, so you're saying Alexis Davis? Alexis Davis. She's the underdog. I think there's a lot of value. Yeah, yeah there is some value there. I think she deserves all the credit in the world with uh, some of her last performances. I know she's 20 and 10, but the big concern for Kianza in this one is sort of Davis's leg kicks because she can be brutal. And when you look at Kianza, she tends to overcommit to her right hand at times. So I think if she can control the distance and able to stay away from those, those dangerous leg kicks from Davis, then maybe we'll see her outpoint Davis and go for the decision victory. So I'm going to go for Kianza for decision in this one. Oh, you bet me? Yeah, yeah, I'll bet this one, mate. All right. Going against you, Asper? Yeah. 
Oh, I, I'm I'm the one in the middle there. Um, I, I I'm I'm gonna bet Alexis Davis decision. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, overall, I'm not thrilled that I took that many underdogs. I just went where the numbers kind of directed me. But it seems odd to me that I have that many underdogs in a numbered UFC fight. I mean, UFC doesn't make its money by letting their, their stars lose. So <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see how this weekend goes. All right. But are you boys still sports session? Indeed, we are. We've got a one year episode on Saturday, I believe. And it'll be episode 50 as well. Hmm. Very nice. Nice round number. All right. I know we're going to talk again in just a minute about the Euros, but for this episode, it is over. Guys, get out of here. Take care, mate. Thank you, man. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.